Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. As the storm raged, the captain realised his ship was sinking fast. He called out, anyone here know how to pray? A pastor stepped forward, Captain, I know how to pray. Good, said the captain, you pray while the rest of us put on our life jackets, we're one short. (laughs) It's not applause worthy, really, but thank you anyway. I did test this on someone very close to me and they said it was good, so... Where's Tom Herbert? Is he in the room? How'd it go? Oh, thumbs up. Thumbs up from the herb. Right. All all good. This morning I want to speak uh, leading up to next month. Next month is March, starting Monday, starting tomorrow. And if you're at our Vision Sunday, you would have heard me talking about how we're going to be celebrating different things in different months this year, being Celebration Church. And so for March, we're actually going to launch that concept by having a month called We Will Celebrate Miracles, or Miracle Month, or Miracle March, whatever you want to call it. Hashtag Miracle March, that sounds good. And so instead of getting into March and then talking about it, which we will talk about as well, I want to get your heart stirred and ready for what's to come. And in today's message, I'm going to be sharing a couple of testimonies, some um, you might have heard, some you won't have heard. But my heart is that by the end of the message this morning is that you would have a fresh um, faith and expectation for the miracles that God wants to do in and through your life. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, I pray this morning that your heart would be honoured. I pray today that the words that are spoken, Lord, it would be the Holy Spirit speaking through, Lord, a weak vessel such as myself. Lord, I thank you your power is made perfect in weakness. So this morning we pray for you to have your way. Bless this place in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you're on podcast or online, welcome as well. God of miracles. We sang a song this morning. You are a God of miracles. Do you believe in miracles? Maybe you used to believe in miracles and maybe disappointment came in. Maybe it's a bit more of a foreign thought. Maybe you 100% believe in miracles because you've seen miracles in your life. Maybe you used to believe in miracles and then you heard a lot of podcasts and worldly reasoning and they're not so sure. Wherever you are on that spectrum, I want to encourage you this morning to believe in miracles. If you believe in the kingdom, you should believe in miracles. Jesus' life was the perfect representation of what a Christian's life should be. I love that. I love that Jesus lived a life that represented the Father. Who wants to be more like Jesus? So what he did was he outworked the heart of his Father. 
often in life we can look to each other, we can look to mentors, we can be discipled, and all those things are really powerful. But ultimately we must look to Jesus and say, what did his life look like? And one thing I noticed about his life is that he had a life full of miracles. He would preach, he would spend time with people, and he would do signs and wonders. The starting place of miracles is in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. On earth as it is in heaven. Our Father art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's never forget that our call as, ch- as a church and as a people is to bring heaven to earth. I love that. It's simple. What do you do at, at Celebration Church? Well, we bring heaven to earth. But what does that mean? Well, if it's not in heaven, it shouldn't be here on earth. If it is in heaven, it should be here on earth. So in my life, I endeavour to make sure that there is an atmosphere of heaven in and through my life. How cool is that? And so I try and we try in our families to go, what does heaven look like in our family? Are we perfect at it? No. Are we probably more not heaven sometimes than heaven? Yes. But we try to endeavour to bring heaven to earth. The reason why you hear me open this morning speaking about our church and our family and thankfulness, because the atmosphere of heaven is worship. I know heaven is here because the worship will be extravagant. You know, you can tell someone's heart and how close they are to the Father by how they worship. The thankfulness in their heart reveals how close they are to heaven. It's hard to spend time in God's presence and not be thankful. Nat came up to this conference with me this week and we were talking about church and growing up in church because we've both been in church our whole lives. We met when we were like four and we saw lots of different people come and go in church. When you're in church for 30 plus years, you see a lot. Nat still tells a story and he brought it up in the car the day that he threw up in some lady's handbag when he was a little kid. And this lady was a lady that was a little bit weird and spiritual and, and so it's like, if you're going to spew in someone's handbag, it should be hers. <laughs> she was the religious one. It's probably a prophetic spew in that, really. <clears throat> we, we've, Nat and I have seen, if you grew up in Pentecostal church in the 80s and 90s, we see it, we've, we've seen it. We've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. We've seen the moves come and go. We've seen the people come and go. We've seen the... And if you've been in church for a long period of time, you know what I'm talking about. You could write a book on the adventures of growing up in a small Pentecostal church. There's blessings in that. There's also hilarity in that. What were we talking about? I can't remember. Something. In the car, something. I don't know. Let me see if I... Oh, that's what we're talking about. And we came to this conclusion in the car, and we've done this before. We're like, wasn't it strange that some of the most powerful, loud people in church were often the most unloving? (laughs) The most offended? The ones that had drama all the time? The ones that 
were the one that always had, seemed to have, you know, they were never willing to disciple or never willing to forgive. When offence happened, they were the law. And I was like, but they were the really spiritual ones. And it confused me in that because, but now we're older, we go, oh, wait a second. It's because they had a form of godliness, but they actually lacked the connection. You see, you can say all the Christian words and be really, you know, holy outwardly. And you, like the Pharisees were that. But unless you have that internal connection, you see, the most godly people are the most humble. <laughs> I, I believe this. The most godly are the ones who are the most loving. The most godly are the ones who are the most forgiving, the most graceful, because when you spend time in his presence, you can't help but be full of grace. Hence these days, Charlie and I, we don't have heaps of time for Christians who are really bad at forgiving, yet are quick to prophesy over us. Show me your fruit. When it comes to heaven touching earth, our lives represent the reality of our inward beings. We have to understand, though, that heaven is somewhere and something that God wants us to bring into our world today and it is pregnant with the impossibilities of God. Well, the possibilities of God in impossible situations. If you speak to someone, now think about this with me. Have you ever spoke to someone and when they speak, you just hear God? Have you ever noticed how rare that is? Again, it's because we're missing a connection point. Are we spending time in his presence in reality or are we just in a form of Christianity? I encourage you, this is the year of pursuit. This is the year of chasing hard after God. This is the year of pursuing God like you have never pursued him before. Last week, Charlie spoke an incredible word about pursuing the heart of God. How are we going with pursuing his heart? Because it is easy for ch there's churches all over the place this morning where people will sit there and be unchanged. They will go through the motions yet not encounter the living God. And so I encourage you with all my heart, church, chase after the heart of God. Seek after Him. Today, go home, put some worship on, lift your voice, annoy your neighbour. Well, love them. Maybe don't annoy them, but just... You know what I mean. Worship the Lord. Open your Bible. Seek after the heart of God. It's, one, it's the one thing you will never regret is pursuing the heart of God. It is never time wasted. Let's come back to miracles. Heaven invading earth is an atmosphere for miracles. Jesus' life was a walking expression of heaven. How cool is that? So Jono's life, everywhere he goes, should be a walking expression of heaven. But he will reflect the reality he is most aware of. So if he spends time in God's presence, he will reflect that wherever he goes. If he spends time on social media, spends time at his workplace more in his head, spends time other he will reflect that more in his language, in his countenance, in the spirit, he ca in, in the atmosphere he carries. I'm just going to pick on you, Jono. But if he spends time worshipping the Lord, 
He will create an atmosphere of heaven, which equates to an atmosphere of miracles. Now, I don't know if you're as simple as me. I am quite simple. The mass of it is very simple. If we are Christians and we confess Jesus in our hearts, we confess that heaven invades earth, then who knows that this group, this place this morning, the atmosphere should be pregnant with faith, ready for something to break out. Okay, so why is it that churches sometimes feel like the most dead places ever? (laughs) Be simple with me on it. It's because our internal walk isn't reflecting our word. You see, church, God gave Charlie and I a picture of this. It was like a, a tornado of fire. Gave it to us a couple of years ago. The fire of the Holy Spirit that just affects... And I was like, God, what, how do we get that? I can't produce that by myself. And, 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 he, and he showed me so clearly, it is individual whirlwinds. It's little whirlwinds everywhere. It's those in the place that say, I will pursue God more than comfort, more than career, more than the things of the world. I will pursue him with all of my heart. Even if I look a bit silly, even if people don't understand, even if it costs me, I'm going to be someone who is a little fire whirlwind. And then the church comes together and it's this big whirlwind. That is who we're called to be. Holy Spirit, help us capture that. Please help us. Let the scales fall from our eyes. Let the familiarity fall. We don't want to be church the way it's always been. Come and mess up this place. Mess up this, come and pour out your spirit. Let people have fresh encounters, God. We don't want what we've always had. Come in the fresh move and fill this place with heaven. So what is a miracle? A miracle is an, an event that involves the direct and powerful action of God transcending the ordinary laws of nature and defying common expectations of behaviour. An event that involves the direct and powerful action of God transcending the ordinary laws of nature and defying common expectations of (laughs) behaviour. A a couple of days ago, we got an email from a lady who... um, in 2019, Pastor Joel and Libby went and visited her in hospital and prayed for her. <laughs> it was a short email, but basically this is what it said. It said, My mum had been battling with ovarian cancer for years, and on her last scan, none showed, and she is all clear. She has also been taken off her palliative care list. And so I'm just so thankful that a couple of years ago, our team, when she was first really sick, went in there and started praying for her. And the power of God starts invading, and she's been on a journey. But thank you, Jesus, that miracles happen. I've seen in my life many, many different miracles take place. And by the way, if you have a testimony, what's the email? Testimonies at celebrationchurch.com.au. We'd love to hear your testimonies. I love the fact that God's heart is to cause us to be in places and experiences of miracles. 
let me just read this. Having a renewed mind is often not an issue of whether or not someone is going to heaven, but of how much of heaven he or she wants in his or her life right now. That's the Bill Johnson quote. I'm going to read it again. Having a renewed mind is often not an issue of whether or not someone is going to heaven, but rather how much of heaven he or she is wanting in his or her life right now. Let's be a simple church. A Christian who doesn't want the reality of heaven to impact their life today, are they really even a Christian? My dream and my heart, the reason why we give our, our time to pastor this church isn't because there's nothing else to do. We have many things we want to do. It's because we have a dream that this place would be an expression of heaven. Because our city longs to encounter heaven. They do not long to encounter church the way that we've known it, the way that it's in the media. They're not longing to encounter your theology (laughs) nor your conspiracy theory. They are not longing to encounter your judgments. They long to encounter this atmosphere of pure love. Think about heaven with me. When we get there, pure love, pure forgiveness, pure uh, expectation of the good things of God, 100% provision, no pain, no suffering, no low days, no, but instead freedom. People knowing who they are in their father's arms. We can bring that today, church. Let's bring it. Number one, we have to understand that miracles are our normal. It is abnormal for a Christian, again, another quote, it is abnormal for a Christian not to have an appetite for the impossible. It has been written into the spiritual DNA to hunger for the impossibilities around us to bow at the name of Jesus. Some people I've heard said, and I've heard it said to me, miracles are just for the Bible. You've got to understand that Jesus, again, was a perfect representation of his father. And then he says this. He says, he says, it is good that I go so that the Holy Spirit may come. It says, and you will do greater works than me. So when you read Jesus' life, here is the bar. You do greater. I do greater. Then Jesus, well, through the Holy Spirit, this is the power we have access to. If you have your Bibles, Mark chapter 16. Is this okay this morning? Mark 16 verse 17 says, it says, and these signs will, why don't you say will? (laughs) It's such a, I find it so interesting in scripture when it's so black and white sometimes. Like this isn't like, there's no, like, it doesn't say, and these signs may accompany. No, they will. Like this is a fact statement by Jesus himself. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. Now, remember when Paul was putting wood on the fire, what happened? A snake jumped down and bit him. Did it hurt him? No. 
Remember that story, church? Shipwreck, if you don't know it, it's in the scripture. The snake didn't hurt him. It doesn't mean we're going to have snakes at church and dance around. Much to maybe your disappointment. They would drink deadly poison. It would not hurt them. You know, when this was written, the water was so dirty that every time you drank the water, it was a potential hazard. Giving you some context here. It does not mean you go home and drink poison. (laughs) Back with the Romans, they were great. They had great inventions, but it was safer to drink wine back then than water. Someone's like, amen. (laughs) Let's let's see how So when you drink, it's not going to hurt you. You want to hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. And after the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up to heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by what the signs that accompanied it. God, help us be a people that when we witness when we share our lives and your life in us that there are signs and wonders in and through our life that people can look to why is your testimony important church it is a sign that God has done something and not just your salvation testimony your test the testimonies of yesterday the testimonies of last week I'm going to give you a One more quote. Again, this is from Bill Johnson. I I absolutely think he's an amazing thinker. When the high point of Christian celebration is the fact that we have done something that is humanly possible, something we can do without God, no matter how noble it is, then we are at a real low point in Christian manifestation and demonstration. Our assignment is to invade the impossible, those things that cannot be accomplished without God. I think, I think that's so amazing. What is it in our life today that is happening that only God can achieve? I'm going to just change that as well. What, what is it that you're believing for today, the miracles you're believing for that only God can do? Or is it that we're just living in a place where we rely on us and put a God tag on it? Okay, let's go deeper. As a church, what is happening in our church today that if we took the God tag off, would change? What is happening in our church today that is only happening because there is a supernatural move of God? More than just well-mannered, good-natured people being kind to each other. Instead, what are the things we're believing for that are kind of scary because only God can do them? But that's uncomfortable. What if we fail? What if we... Exactly. What if? The what if doesn't so much matter when it comes to failure. The what if of what if God does something great. How many churches today exist without the supernatural God-only ability? That's hard preaching. That's hard to digest. I just want to be comfortable. 
Well, we can do that. We can be a powerless church. And Paul said it. He says, my, my preaching, my preaching was not with persuasive words or man's wisdom, but with what? A demonstration of the power of God that your faith might not rest upon my persuasive words, but on the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul says this to the church. So this morning, Holy Spirit, let our hearts rise up in faith. Let us be a church that demonstrates the supernatural power and realities of God. And we need help in this. Because we have some good testimonies, but I wouldn't say it's a waterfall of testimonies. God, help us be people who bring heaven to earth. Number two, miracles bring glory to the Father. Who wants to bring glory to the Father? I just want to bring glory to Him. I want Him to be worshipped. I want Him to be honoured. I just, our, our Heavenly Father is so worthy of all the praise, of all the honour, of all the glory. And one of the greatest ways we can actually worship Him is by seeing His hand in our lives, by seeing miracles in our lives. Matthew 15, 31, if you have your Bibles. Matthew 15, 31. It says this. It says, They were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. <laughs> they were amazed when they saw the miracles, and they resulted in them praising the God of Israel. Why are miracles important? Because it brings honour to Him. It brings worship to Him. Our God is a miracle worker. 2015, hey boy, that's my son. 2015, January 10, you've heard this, some of you. Charlie and I decided to have a beach, uh, outdoor, sorry, ocean view wedding. The week leading up to it, 90% chance of 20 to 40 mils rain. I was the groom who was on his phone. I had three apps open all the time, refreshing that page. We're having an outdoor wedding and there is a 90% chance at 3 p.m. of heavy, heavy rain. So what happened was, <coughs> I'm like, you can take the mic there if you want. No. Leading up to it, I was a stressed groomsman. Anyone here have an outdoor wedding? Who are the outdoor wedding people when they got married? You know, you know what it's like. You're watching the weather. It got to the day. The weather had not changed. 3 p.m., 20 to 40 mils, heavy rain. And I tell you, I, I just remember standing out, waiting for the bride to turn up. And they turned up 40 minutes late. And I'm thinking, we don't have 40 minutes. <laughs> it was 40 past three. And I'm thinking, maybe we could have squeezed this in. The, the, the clouds, I, could just, I don't know, it's just going to happen. You know, as soon as the last photo was taken, the first drop fell. And it was a miracle for us that God moved when it came to nature and came to um, pushing back those heavy rains until we had 
our very last photo taken. Now, you might think, well, that's just nothing. That, no, that's God. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's God. Yeah. Those weather apps aren't often wrong when they're all saying the same thing from different, different areas. I, that, and, and, and as soon as it started raining, we got inside and the downpour. It was heavy, a heavy, heavy downpour. If that happened when it was meant to happen, our wedding would have been very, very different. It would have been a very different day. But we prayed and we asked the Lord to do what He can do. And you know what? That miracle might not have meant much to many other people, but to us it meant the world. And if it means something to you, it means something to God. So don't be afraid to pray for miracles when it comes to the weather. And to this day, we tell that story and we give God all the glory. This week we... um, (laughs) this past two weeks. Have you ever had those seasons where a bunch of bills turn up that you're not expecting or a bunch of costs turn up? And, and Charlie and I, like, we've been blessed over the years and I feel like I'm pretty good with my finance. But it was just sort of those moments where we just had a few costs coming out which I wasn't expecting. And for the first time in a while, I said to Charlotte, I feel like financially we're sinking a bit at the moment. I don't know if anyone here sometimes feels like that. I was like, I just feel, and I use the word sinking, which is a big deal to me because I'm the father of my son. I'm the head of the household. My job is to provide. And I was like, I just, I'm feeling the pressure. So Charlie had to put up with a couple of days of me being a bit moody at home, be trying to process with God. <laughs> Where are you, God? I feel like we're, we need, need you to move. We're talking in the thousands. This wasn't like a couple hundred dollar phone bill or something. This is like, you know, it's going to take a couple of months, to, a few months to pay this down type thing. And we, got, we went out for coffee last week. Took Bear out for coffee. He got a baby Chino. He wasn't too impressed. And we got back in the car and Charlie opened the bag and we found an envelope which had been given to us last year, which we'd forgotten about, and it had, had $200 in it, cash. Or $250 cash, I think it was. And we're like, wow, that's awesome. Like, wow, thank you, Jesus. Like, that's... And it was in $50 notes. And as we were driving, I just said to Charlotte, let's take the... Give, give, me, give me some money for my wallet first. Um, you can have some. Oh, let's halve it, sweet. And then we got the 50, and I said, let's put it, and we put it in our sun, the sun visor of our car. There's like a, a strap there. We put it in the sun visor. And I said to Charlotte, I said, we put it there prophetically to represent that the favour and blessing of God is both above us and in front of us. And whenever we look at that, we know that God's abundance is going to be poured out upon our lives. Yeah. That's literally a conversation. And we're like, should we put it, should we fold it in there? Should we just flaps in the wind when the window's down? Now let's just leave it. It represents that God's favour surrounds us. And we're not called to be in lack. We prayed that. We say, God, we just commit that to you. We take a moment. We just say yes and amen to your promises, to your inheritance. Within 48 hours, church, we had four different random um, 
things pop up, um, incomes pop up, that paid off our bills, and we also wanted to get our roof sprayed, which is going to cost three and a half grand, because we have an older house, we want to get our house our roof re-sprayed. And there was enough to pay all of our bills and our roof spray in 48 hours. The miracle of God's provision. Father, if there's anyone in this place who needs financial miracles, I just share that testimony to say you are able. You can come in, you can go above and beyond. You can make a way where there seems to be no way. So we honour you in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. And I just love the fact that I was just taking a moment. And you know, I pray just then just to take a moment. To say, let's just take a moment to commit it to the Lord. He is our miracle worker. He is our provider in Jesus' name. It says in John chapter 4, verse 11. Oh, sorry, John 2, 11. And we're coming to a conclusion, but John 2, 11. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of signs to which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. The third thing is this, miracles reveal the heart of the Father. Here we see that through the miracles of Jesus, it revealed his glory. You know, in that testimony about finance for us, we needed our Heavenly Father to help us out. We've been blessed with physical dads, my dad and my father-in-law, both in the past, have helped us out financially at different times. But this time it wasn't that. It was, we just need a supernatural help. <laughs> and it happened. It came out of nowhere. Things appeared out of nowhere that were unexpected. And it just shows that the Father's heart for us is so real and so powerful. What is his heart for you? That if you ask him for bread, he won't give you a stone. Yeah? If your good fathers give good gifts, how much more your heavenly father? Thank you, Lord, for the miracle of the Father's heart for us. The last thing is this. Miracles advance God's kingdom. They're important because they cause God's kingdom to go forward. Mark 16.20 says this. The disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by signs that accompanied it. The disciples went out preaching, caused the kingdom to go forward, confirming their word by the signs and miracles that accompanied them. The kingdom goes forward. I love this. In Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus, and after they, after they prayed, the place they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Let's capture this this morning. Stretch out your hands, Father. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders. Lord, let that be this morning. Let this place be shaken. Let this place be filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice this is Acts 4, not Acts 2. The Holy Spirit came again. 
Let me, let me touch your hearts again. Spoke, and they spoke the word of God boldly. Acts 14.3. And they remained for a long time speaking boldly for the Lord who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Acts 8 verse 6. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that they did. God is wanting us to be a church that does more than just profess his power, but has testimony of outworking his power. Lord, help us be that church. Help us be the church that just speaks, but has power that accompanies our words. Last testimony. I, I was in Bible college. They let us run our, our chapel service. There was about 700 students in the room. And a friend and I they said, you can run today's chapel, do whatever you want. And we thought, let's go for healing. And we just preach the fact that when the, the Bible says that when you lay hands upon the sick, the Bible says they will recover. And we opened the altar and the altar was full of people needing healing. And we just said, let's, let's just pray. We're going to pray and believe God that he will do what only he can do. We had, we had dozens and dozens of testimonies of people getting completely healed. Broken bones, ligaments getting, like people left their crutches on the stage. There was cancer testimonies. There was, uh, there was a whole bunch of just amazing breakthroughs. And the best thing about it for me was this. I preached the message. I stood back and I got the people to pray for the people. And I said, when you have it, when you, he would come and talk to me, come and, and I'll interview you. And it was just the college students praying for college students, simply believing that miracles still happen, that God's heart is for miracles to still happen that it's part of our normal. And we just saw so many people, two miracles would happen. The person would get healed and the person praying for them would have their faith completely just go to a, just the miracle of faith rise up. And so as we finish this morning, if you need a miracle in this place, and last week Charlotte asked, and there's a lot of hands that went up, we're going to take a moment just to start to declare miracles just to pray that God can do what only God can do. Why don't you just close your eyes for a moment? Father God, I just thank you for your presence. It's going to take a moment. If you're, if you're in this place and you know in your heart that Jesus Christ isn't your Lord and Saviour, if you know that you're not living your life completely for Him, and maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart, maybe you have asked Him into your life, but you know your heart is far from Him at the moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity just to respond this morning, just to recommit or commit your heart to Christ, because He is faithful to forgive us and to give us new starts. 
as everyone has their eyes closed, if that's you in this place, why don't you just put your hand up and say, that's me, Benara. Awesome, I see those two hands there. Anybody else over here, I see that hand. Anybody else, you just want to make sure, you want to give your heart to God for the first time. Anybody else in this place? Hey, listen, if you're here and you're a Christian, you make sure you pray in these moments. This is Spiritual Warfare 101 right now. Biggest decision people will ever make in this moment. One more moment. If you want to get your heart right with God, or you want to give your heart to Christ for the first time, let's pray this prayer right now of just commitment together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. And this morning, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive me of my sin. Give me a new start. I confess that Jesus, I believe in you. And you are my Lord and Saviour. And Holy Spirit, I invite you to help me every day pursue the heart of God. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.